You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Episode number 91. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now, your hosts, Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time listening, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. And if you are a returning listener, part of the Longer Hall community, maybe even a member of the Super Secret Podcast Facebook group, we are glad you're here as well. Great episode today. Lots of things to talk about. Um, so yeah, show notes will be found at thelongerhall.com slash episode 091. It's thelongerhall.com slash episode 091. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe to it so you can get it each time it comes out, whether that's on Spotify or iTunes or Google Play or whatever your favorite podcast player is. Or you can just listen on the website too. Good times. This is a good episode. Uh, we're going to probably do a shorter introduction today just because uh, the episode is a, it's a, it's a pretty long one, but it's a really good topic on discipline. But uh, just in case you're new, that's Jody uh, doing all the intro stuff there. He's a youth pastor in California. I'm Chris. I'm a youth pastor in Atlanta, Georgia. And we love teenagers, and we're all about trying to help you experience longevity in youth ministry, both in your current church and then also um, if you feel called or choose to try to do this long-term, giving you tips and ways to experience this long-term so you don't get burned out. So hopefully we'll be a help to that. Want to be an encouragement to you for sure. Um, Jody, how are you, man? You good? Life good in California? Besides, here's what I know about Jody in California. He just, every weekend currently is visiting VW yeah, uh, like yeah. things like shows. they're going to like these big like shows with VWs everywhere, which they look pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie, they look pretty cool. They're pretty cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. We were, I went to one last past weekend at Huntington Beach on the pier. Yeah. There's like 110 buses, Volkswagen buses on the pier. Yeah, awesome. that's amazing. That's great, dude. That's you gotta great. get you your bus. Like a magic so we can do our world tour, man. We gotta do our world tour. So, no, it's uh, fixed. It's fixed. I mean, I'm but not any fixed good enough for us to drive across the country, and it is. I'm not sure that it'll ever be fixed that to that degree. No, you got this. It's part of the deal because we're going to do a, a longer haul tour for for the five people who we love us. Re- so all twelve listeners. Yeah. <laughs> we can, good times. Good know. times. Hey, today's episode really we invited a friend back, uh, Seth uh, Buckley, who's a youth pastor um, up in South Carolina. Great guy. Has been doing this forever. So this particular topic on discipline, how to discipline kids, and how to deal with that. Um, huge. And he just thought it'd be helpful to have him. He was back on, he was back with us on episode 41. I think it was 81, uh, 81. Well, yeah. 81. So 40, 10 40, episodes ago. Me. Remember um, he started in the eighties. We started in the nineties. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, but this is good. Yeah. Uh, don't forget our, our sponsors, please. Uh, listen, if you're in the right now in process of trying to maybe come up with some good ideas for graduation gifts for your seniors, uh, why am uh, they support us. They help us out. They are ridiculously good at what they do. But in particular, they've got some really great ideas on some book type things that you could give your seniors. And so check out their stuff. There's some 
actual blog type idea things that they've done recently uh, for how to do seniors. And then also big time thanks to Ricky Smith and the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, really their student ministry area uh, for just what they're doing as far as they just love youth pastors and they're trying to encourage us by, by helping make this happen. Um, yep. and giving us some resources to kind of pay for all the stuff we have to pay for to do it. So uh, big time. Thanks to them. So yeah, yeah, man. If you end up heading over to YM360, be sure to use promo code longer haul, save 20% on anything. No, not anything. Almost everything. But we think you should try it on anything. You could. You could try. Yeah. Well, I, you know, anything else big for you, man? I I know this is a short kind of deal. I think it'd be helpful, though, because of the length of the episode, just to kind of. Yeah, we'll just jump less in. Of, less of our, our Chewy's uh, talk and more. <laughs> I still worked it in, though. I still worked it in. Every episode. Uh, and and more, more, more of what we're talking about. So, uh, big shout out to Dakota for throwing out the idea. We mentioned him in the episode, but um, this was a good one. I, I really enjoyed the conversation for sure. So, yeah. And thanks also to Thomas Holt, member of the Longer Hall group there, who threw out a picture of Chewy just to kind of rub it in. <laughs> That I don't get to eat at Chewy's as much as you do. Chewy's, the unofficial sponsor of this podcast. Yeah, I know. We need them bad. So, you know, I haven't been in a while. I should go. I should go today and send you some pictures. Well, post it on the group for me and for Thomas. I may go live from Chewy's. (laughs) Should I go live? I'm doing it. In the group. Next time I go to Chewy's, it's going to be random. Uh, If I can, if the service, I don't know what service, I'm going to go live from Chewy's. Um, and just hang out with everybody for just a minute. And I may not get anybody on there, but I'll try it and just see what happens. So That'd be fun. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be hilarious. All right, my friend. Well, it's uh, it's good. Hope you're doing All right. well. We'll, we'll jump in here. Uh, yeah, here's today's interview with Seth Buckley, all about discipline. Well, it's not really an interview. It's not really an interview. Well, it's He's more of a conversation. More hanging out with us. It's, it's more of a conversation. Yeah, it's more like he just joined. He joined the, he joined the panel is what happened today. Yeah, so good times. Yeah. That's fair. All right, here we go. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Well, here we are, uh, spread out all over the United States of America. Coast to coast. Coast to coast, literally. You got Jody <laughs> out in California. I'm sitting in, standing in Atlanta uh, in my office, and we've got a special guest today. Seth Buckley is back what's up there seth buckley how are you man hey what's going on man doing great brother glad to be with you guys living the dream in south carolina <laughs> so uh, how are things things good up there yeah good man i'm just enjoying the power and it's been awesome just uh <laughs> yeah. clear to be everywhere you look man <laughs> yeah nice that's terrible it, jody is pollen bad in california i don't even know the answer to that i'm not trying not, to be funny when i say that i know I, I know technically I, pollen is everywhere but well, Is I live like in the desert. Atlanta? No, I live in the desert. Yeah. So dude. there's no for people that don't problem. live, people that don't know what we're talking about, like literally it coats your Google car. it. You should Google like, that. Like you can drag your finger over your car and draw pictures, but yeah, you actually think somebody like painted your scene. car. I mean you, you go outside and I thought my car was red and it's no longer red yeah. again. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's terrible. Terrible. So, Seth, yeah, you serve at First Baptist Spartanburg there at uh, in South Carolina. Just a quick reminder now. Th- you guys can listen back to Seth in episode 81. Uh, we did a, a brief interview with Seth, and today we've invited him on not so much as an interview, but more so just a voice in youth ministry saying, 
hey, jump in on this particular topic and your experience. What are some things that you've learned in this area? But Seth, First Baptist Spartanburg, how long have you served? Yeah, 23 years this year, man, here at First Baptist. That's amazing. That's ridiculous. Jody, how old were you when he uh, started at First Baptist Spartanburg? <laughs> Do you want to go there already? He just got here. <laughs> oh, my God. We're friends. It's re- it's re- it's rare that I have. I'm going to go at it because it's rare that I have somebody older than me that I can pick on. Um, that's, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, um, well, we're, I'm excited about this topic mainly because it came out of a little bit organic, a little bit grassroots in the sense of on our podcast group that we have, the super secret often, one, the super secret that Jody often refers to as super secret podcast group. Um, one of the guys on there, uh, Dakota Melton, uh, spoke up and was just asking for some insight on an issue that he's been struggling with and just brought up this issue of, and really just said, Hey, any chance y'all could discuss student disciplinary policies, um, degrees of discipline and or best way of redeeming the situation. And Dakota just said, Hey, I'm new to new to full-time ministry and no idea other than those or other than what those above, uh, above me encourage encourage me on this topic. And he's really just struggling with this issue that I want to talk about starting out for the three of us here for a minute. Uh, Cause the code, we're going to jump in this thing. Thanks for throwing it out there. And some other people threw out some questions related to that, that we're going to jump into as well at uh, later in the episode. But really what Dakota I think is saying is what is the balance between grace discipline and being more worried about behavior than spiritual growth, you know, like getting too worked up about behavior um, have you guys struggled with that over the years, like getting too worked up about it or not worked up enough? What has y'all's experience been? Yeah. I mean, I think there's always a little bit of, of that and there's a, depending on your level of compassion, which some people are going to be really, really compassionate and then others. Negative five on the spiritual gifts test for me. <laughs> Negative uh, it's, five. Uh, yep. Me. And even on strength finder, it's like very bottom. And so, um, so for me, sometimes that's that's a little different. Like I, I have to be mindful of that. But I think so. When I first started working um, as an after school counselor for a teen program, teen, after school program for teens, one of the things that I was really told early on, which was has been super helpful, is and it's not so much of mercy and compassion versus grace as much as role. And they would say, "Look, they've got friends and they've got parents. You don't need to be either. You need to kind of fit in the middle of that." And that's been really helpful as a guiding kind of principle. But yeah, I mean, I think it's always a struggle because you always, you want every kid that can be there to be there. But at the same time, some kids, you know. Yeah. I know for me, yeah, yeah, starting out in ministry, um, I think that was probably one of the hardest things to balance because I grew up in a, in a home where, you know, discipline was part of, you know, kind of the routine and uh, and so there were expectations there of behavior and and respect and all of those kinds of, of things were, were in line with when I was growing up. And so when I began as a youth youth pastor, um, I had a lot of those same expectations and it, it, I learned really quick that not every student in your ministry comes up with that same background. And so their idea of what discipline looks like and what you think it looks like. I mean, they could be totally, two totally different things, and that's hard. I mean, I, I think that's when it becomes a challenge because the way you speak to a, a student, I mean, they may think you're you're speaking in Greek. You know, when you're talking about respect and and uh, 
you know, things like that. I mean, they, they just, they have no concept of what you're talking about. Some students not, I mean, and there's, then there are other students who get it right out, right out of the bat, but early in ministry, that was a, that was a super big challenge. Yeah. And, I, and, and as a guy who, for, so for me, like I was the kid that was coming out of kind of the opposite. I was a little bit of the opposite of Seth, right? Like, um, I did not grow up in a disciplinarian home. Parents had divorced and I was very independent and I was very much when I was 16 years old, I was very much acting out a lot of times. Like I can't believe, you know, some of the people tolerated the stuff I threw at them. Um, but that, that played out though, probably I was also in the early nineties when I jumped into ministry. Um, and kind of, you know, and, not, and being kind of at a Baptisty type church, I don't know if that plays into it or not. Maybe that's any church. Um, definitely struggled early on with, with trying to find that balance of, no, this is the rule. Mm-hmm. You got to play by the rule, <laughs> you know, and, and, and being almost too legalistic on that. Uh, I think what's interesting is here is, you know, so Seth and I, you and I tend to be more of the same generation and age wise. Jody's a little bit behind us experience wise. Jody's pretty close to us for sure. But I feel like in one way, Jody, you might be kind of middle of this right now experience yeah. more lately, but here's my question. D- do you feel like the age of the youth pastor impacts this as well? Well, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Because yeah. I started at 18. So I was basically, I was one of them. So, yeah, so for, for me, you to come down as a disciplinarian looks really weird. Yeah. It was hard. Right. Cause I, yeah, I am, I, I would say, the way I disciplined, you know, at 18, 19 is different than how I discipline now. Um, and in the sense of how I would approach a student or talk with a student, like, you know, you kind of encourage as almost as a peer with authority. It's like being on student council, you know, or something like that. Like, um, captain of the team versus now, you know, I'm a parent of teens, yeah. And so I think that's that has changed, you know, and how I handle situations is different. I think, too, you kind of grow a bit in confidence as you get older and the longer you do it. And so you're not as like when I was super young, one of the things that I wrestled with a lot was your whether you want to admit it or not, to a great extent, your uh, identity and 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 maybe how successful you feel at what you're doing is 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 wrapped up in how well you feel they like you. You know, you almost need validation from the students to feel like you're doing a good job. And now I don't, I don't care as much. I mean, I, you know, I of course you want to be liked, I think that um, is very much like my top priority too, isn't, isn't that some, anymore. There are some parents that makes sense. in our ministry that they want their child to, you know, just love them. And, and, and so they, they, I, I think they, misinterpret that and saying, well, I need to, to give in to their demands or just show them the constant state of grace uh, and overlook some of their, you know, those faults. And then what, what ends up happening is that you have a student who never understands the beauty of boundaries. And, um, and I think that for me, I think that was one of the things, you know, growing up as a, as a youth pastor, um, you know, that was that was one of the things that I valued boundaries and 
I had to early on, I, I remember going to a Richard Ross conference and, and I'm not saying that the, the conference was about discipline. It wasn't that, but, but one of the things that we talked about there was, you know, structure and, and, um, organization and how do you, you know, how do you address some of the issues and discipline was just one of those. And that's when I remember Richard saying the importance for young youth pastors to uh, really partner with, with parents in your ministry early on and, and value them, but also lean on them on times of, of discipline and, and kind of have that, that at your back so that it's not just the youth pastor incorporating his concept of discipline, but there's kind of an understood disciplinary model and among the parents there and they support the youth pastor, but they all kind of, it takes a village to raise a child concept. They're in there with you. And, and I probably, that was my, I guess it was my third year of ministry, second or third year of ministry. And that was kind of a big game changer when I saw the parents more as a resource in that area. Um, and, um, it, I will say this is kind of a over the years. I mean, that was back. This, this is crazy, but this this that was back in the eighties. That was the early eighties. Um, I think one of the things that's attributed to the challenge of disciplining students today is how it's a similar challenge that teachers and administrators have in schools. Um, there's been such a backlash over the last probably ten to fifteen years. And and so teachers, coaches, administrators are limited as to how they can even discipline in the classroom or on the field. And in in some ways, you know, maybe and there were some illustrations where it was overboard. I get that. But in many ways, we've we've actually hamstrung students because they're they're not really sure where boundaries are. There's a mixed message. Yeah, it's it's that old sometimes to get kids saved, you have to convince them that they're actually lost and they're actually bad because so many people are telling them the exact opposite of that. That's right. Yeah. Oh, you're good. You're a good kid. You're a good kid. You're a good kid. You know, and, and, um, that, 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 so, so I hear us saying, you know, that if you're for the folks that are listening and guys like Dakota, they're just kind of getting, getting rolling on this in a full time capacity anyway. Um, be patient. It gets better with time it, 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 that over time it's going to, that you'll, you'll, you'll develop more of a voice or more authority in this area to be able to speak, you know, to your group. So be patient with it. Um, that, it, that it does take a little time, but also, um, so th- I think all three of us would agree that as we've become parents and as we've built relationship with parents, and that becomes part of our tribe, this is easier then as well. Now, some folks listening are like, well, I'm not there and I'm not about to be there. Heck, I just like a girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, like, <laughs> um, you know, and, uh, but realistically, you know, there are some, there's some of this and I, and I've said it and, and I don't know if it's fair or not, but it's just true. The older you get when it comes to leading certain people and including disciplining kids, it just gets easier. And I can tell you, man, now, and some of the things we're going to talk about, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but like, man, in a bunk room, in a bunk bedroom, you know, at the camp, 
I'm coming at it as a dad now, not as a 20, 23 year old, yeah. you know? Yeah, sure. And it's just, it's just, it's, I have a different authority. I have a different authority in my, just even the way I speak to them, you know, it just well, across is different. I'll say this too, like, you know, when I was saying a minute ago, even when I was, when, when I was super young, I think you have to discipline different then. So it's not that it's, it's not that we'll, I don't know that it's better. One is better than the other. I mean, I think it gets easier as you get older, for sure. And as you become a parent, that becomes helpful. But you can't, I, I could not discipline at 18, 19, 20, like I do now and have been successful at that. So it, you have to kind of, I think you have to approach it with just where you are. Um, and, there, you know, I think there's some principles that are really helpful that we can maybe flesh out. But I I, th- I think I wouldn't, f- don't feel like, I would say strongly, if you're like 18, 19, 20, 22, 23, and you're not a parent, don't try to be one. Right. Yeah. Because that's yeah. not effective either. I would just like to acknowledge out loud, too, and Seth, I'd be curious, because you've been doing this longer than we have, and that's not a joke. That's just why we have you on here, actually. It feels, too, that the disciplinary problems that we're having, like the, the, the problems that are needing discipline now, like that has increased dramatically in the last five yeah. plus years that there's a there's a higher level of challenges in the room and i want to be really clear here not as to not make anybody angry at me um sometimes it is discipline or sometimes the problems are caused by kids that are really just acting mm-hmm. out in an inappropriate way and they're just being bad or whatever you know but sometimes the problems we're dealing with in the room are kind of medical slash disability yeah. almost like in some ways. Think think kids that are dealing with special needs or high levels of ADD or potentially being on the spectrum. And so then we need to have a different sensitivity because we're not talking about Johnny who's, you know, a straight A kid and a great athlete and popular in a school and he's just being right. a butt because he wants attention. But we're talking about a kid who's actually on meds and trying to just trying to focus and can't focus. Right. I mean, you guys have these kids in your group too? Oh yeah. No, not at, not here. We, we don't have any kids like that. I mean, all of ours, uh, you know, I usually speak, I usually speak for like 45 minutes like to an hour each Wednesday and they sit there with their, their Bibles and their notes and hands and just writing and just, it's, it's amazing. I mean, <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, I agree with you, man. I, I think there's a, there's a culture, though. There is a culture that you build over time, right? So I, I think initially when you step into something, like, the, and I'm seeing this all fresh and anew, like stepping in, kind of establishing consistency, establishing those boundaries, establishing whatever. I think at, over time as you build culture, it probably lessens from when you initially did get, get there. But I do think we're seeing, you know, a ton more of those things. Well, I can. I, I remember one uh, one of the churches that I served before here. Um, the just that in that situation, uh, there was a the youth ministry. I think there was a lot of grace. There wasn't a lot of um, wasn't known for being a very disciplined, structured type deal, and and. Um, uh, so when I got there, I, I picked up on that pretty pretty quickly that that um, that the environment there, um, 
I mean, you know, on trips, kids pretty much did what they wanted to do. I mean, they were a lot of things that I would not allow on a trip had been done and on, on, on previous trips. And, and, uh, there had been, you know, like, uh, Hey, if you do this, you'll be sent home and the kids would do that and nothing ever happened to them. And, and so there were rules, but then there was no, they, they were never enforced. And, and so one of, uh, one of the first trips, the first summers we were, uh, we were up in Massachusetts and, um, and I'll, I'll never forget this. I mean, I had our two of our lead guys, our, our senior guys, uh, crossed the line on on very definitive rules that we we'd laid out that were that were pretty big, and um, and I just remember when that happened. This was like okay, this was the moment of truth, and um, and and am I going to be like it's been in the past and like well guys you shouldn't have done that and and I'm, I, you know I hate that and or we're going to follow through with what we said in the parent meeting and um, and my pastor was there and I just I remember I remember talking to him and saying, pastor, I, you know, this breaks my heart. I mean, cause I love these guys, but I mean, there was rules. They understood it and, and so on and so forth. And he said, no, I agree a hundred percent. And I remember the phone calls to the parents saying, Hey, we're, uh, would y'all rather us bust them down or fly them down? What would y'all prefer? And, um, and so we, you know, we sent them home and it was one of the most difficult things I've ever done in ministry. But without question, over the next five, six years of my ministry at that church, um, that was a reference point. And Jody, you were talking about culture that you kind of, you know, create a culture through your leadership. Um, and, and, and we did. And of course, when I came back, I mean, I immediately reached out to those guys to to reengage them and, and love them. That's good. And it was very that part's good. And, and one received yeah. it and one did not. Uh, one was yep. one was very bitter towards that, and but one understood it, received it, and uh, but it's I, I, you know that's the thing about it. I think a lot of times as a youth pastor and Jody, I think I mentioned this earlier. You know, you're, you're I mean, you want kids to love you. I mean, I, I don't know if a youth pastor he wants the kids to to not love you, or respect you, but you know sometimes you're making decisions and you're saying things, and it's hard. I mean, you're you're saying hard things that they need to hear, and they're not going to like. And, and, but you've got to be able to do it and not let emotion be at the center of, who, of what you're saying. They need to hear that it's biblically sound and it's based in love and grace, but it's very clear what your expectations are. Um, and that's it. Yeah. It's just a challenge. So I think, um, and I don't, Chris, I don't know what you have. I, I don't want to jump ahead, but the, I, I think, kind of in line with what we're talking about, I think there's a few things that I always point out to folks when I'm talking about discipline issues or this culture thing. You want to, you want to jump in like principal I stuff? What, I, don't, I don't what, I don't know what those things are. So I don't well, know they're, whether or not they're jumping or not. Okay. Well, <laughs> so I think I'll say this and then, you know, if we need to back out and come back, we can. Yeah. yeah. I think first, I think it's important that we, that, that we understand that everything's going to be motivated and come from a, like a genuine desire that you want to see kids like, get it right and thrive and grow in their faith like we we want every kid to do that you also have to recognize and understand that you're responsible for the whole as well and sometimes Mm -hmm. sometimes a situation or a student even though you want that student to desperately get it and thrive 
can compromise the entire group. Uh, and, th- and so that has to be mm-hmm. taken into account. Um, and then there's kind of like three things. And, and Seth, you kind of summarized all these in that and just in, in ex- sharing your experience here. One, I think you have to have really clear expectations and boundaries. Everybody has to know what those are. Um, you can't decide in the moment that that crossed the line. Like they had to, they need to know ahead of time what those expectations, That's what right. those boundaries are. Um, I think you have to be consistent in your practice and your follow through of those things. So, like we have always had a rule that they do not take. Well, I say always. Since students started carrying cell phones, it's always been a rule for us that you don't bring those to camp. Okay. And that's not a battle everybody fights. And some people don't care. But for us, that's a big deal. And the rule for us is if you bring it, we're, we're sending you home. Um, because that's, that's just a really important priority for us. And like you said, I think it just takes that one time. But you don't just take up their cell phone. You actually send the kid home? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, wow. and we tell the parents up front. We tell the parents and the students, and before we load the buses, we say, listen, we, no devices or no phones. If you have it and you forgot and you have it on you right now, you know, here's a bucket or a basket. You can stick it in here. We'll put it in the office. And you can get it when you get back. Okay. I've, I've got to say this out loud, though, just to be clear. Yeah. You've you've built up to that. I just want to make sure anybody <laughs> listening doesn't get themselves fired right now. This is one of those get fired moments. Okay. Sure. And Jody, you know this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I admire that, and I hear you, and- um, yeah, my point is not that everybody should feel, do that. My point is, I know, but it's just an example though of a when you're listening to us overall, what we're saying though, you can't just go out swinging tomorrow when you get to you or the Sunday when you get to youth group or whatever. Um, no, you got to, but you've got to, yeah, you've got to be clear because this is one of those things where, like, you built up to that over time, and um, and you also have to know your culture yep. as well. And that, and you got to have support above you on on anything, oh, right? Sir. But especially something like that. And, but I think again, you got to be clear up front. Explain they getting to know why the rule. You know, parents need to understand why, whatever it is, and then you just have to follow through. But you know, you follow through one time, and that that pretty much that part was huge. Seth, what it. you said earlier, it, the tone that you set, and I'm gonna I'll share one here in a little bit. One of the topics we're gonna jump into in a second, but. The tone that you set going forward, because once you've done that, whenever you stand up the next year at camp and you say, and just a reminder, guys, you know, if you do this, you know, um, it's going to, people are like, hey, and last year he really did send somebody home. So y'all better believe what he said right now because he really will send you home. Well, Um, I think, you know, one one of the things, you know, Josh McDowell, um, I love talking to Seth because all of Seth's reference points are always like Richard Ross, Josh McDowell. I love it. That's like <laughs> the sages. They're, they're, they're the sages. Um, but, but Josh says, you know, rules without relationships leads to rebellion. And, yeah. and, and if you come in with rules, um, and, and you don't really, you're not really working to try to engage relationships with the students. They're going to push yeah. back because they don't see it. They don't see your heart. And I, you know, I had a, I had a, a Wednesday night that I'd probably been in ministry maybe four years, I guess. And, um, maybe five, maybe this was year five. And, um, we were, 
you know, we were, I was, I was teaching, I was right in the middle of Bible study and, and one of my senior boys was on the back row and, and he was, and he was kind of like, I mean, everybody knew him and, and he was, he was funny and, and, uh, but it, you know, he was kind of like the, the guy that everybody knew and, and, uh, uh, Billy was just, you know, wouldn't stop. And I just, and, you know, picking or saying something or whatever. And I said, I said, Billy, I know I just said, Hey guys, y'all just, you know, y'all hold it down. And, um, and, and, and they looked up and, and, and then a few minutes later they kept on going in and I just, then I called Billy out. I said, Billy, well, I, you know, let's, uh, trying, trying to stay, stay dialed in here, man. And then, I, and I kept on teaching. Well, probably five, six, seven minutes later. I mean, it was just, it was just an obvious, I mean, the whole back row, he was just kind of going to town. I looked straight at him. I said, Billy, I need you to leave. And he looked at me like deer in headlights. I said, I need you to leave. I need you to get up and leave now. And I waited. And it was a moment. And he got up and left. And I finished um, teaching. And, um, you know, of course, it was one of those moments in the room. It was like, man, it was really, it was, you know, it was really tense. And and, um, and so after we finished... I remember like, okay, I love this kid. I mean, I really do. And, um, and so I called him, um, I called him as soon as I got home. And, and of course, this was, this was pre cell phone, by the way. And, uh, he asked me once, I said, yeah, oh gosh, you're bad. I said, Billy, I said, this is Seth. And, and, uh, you know, and basically I said, Billy, dude, first thing I want to tell you, man, is I love you and I need you. I said, you are a born leader and people just, they're drawn to follow you. And I, I just see your influence in a powerful way in our student ministry. And I need your help. And I said, tonight you chose to use that influence in a way that was more of a distraction, but I'd love to, man, I'd love to talk to you about how we can use that in a way that you, you become the guy that leads our youth group to just really make a difference in our community, man. I just, I really need your help. And uh, I said, can you come by and see me after school tomorrow? And he said, yes, sir. And I said, okay, good deal, man. I, well, he comes by, and, um, and, and and this is a good story, okay? So this is one of those things where uh, God allowed that moment, and, and he really stepped up to the plate, man. It was a – well, I wasn't going to say that. Billy yeah. Graham, okay. is that right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, he, and he wrote books, and and you know, you know, okay. <laughs> uh, he, you know, I, I, what I'm saying is, Are you okay? I because I genuinely loved him. Oh my gosh! Um, you know, I wanted to redeem that situation, but I, there's probably other situations where I did not, I was not that aggressive. Where I was, where I disciplined a student, and they were yeah, annoyed. Yeah. Or and they didn't receive it the same way, and you they were done with. Yeah, it. no, and, and they didn't come back. And, and yeah, I've got those kids. As well. And that hurts, yeah. man. That, yeah. That's what. That, those are the things I remember. I remember their faces, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. I think I the important back? thing is the follow up, and that was that was the other thing I was going to add is like too many times we discipline and we just leave it, and we never circle back to to try to resolve or or whatever. And I think. Well, I don't know what you guys found, and it's, but it sounds like you know Billy Graham there was the same when he was a boy. <laughs> um, a lot of times, those kids that are acting out, 
they have incredible leadership qualities. They just don't know it yet and they don't know how to use it. And so one of the things that I try to do is just find those kids and give them a job. I try to put them in charge of something. Yep. Um, and that a lot of times that man, that does wonders yeah. kind of on the positive side of things. But I, I, yeah. I think that follow up is the part that most, most miss. And, um, and I think it's the most important well, I think that, and I, and it's not a one time thing, right? I mean, that's, sometimes you got to keep pursuing after, yeah. after the fact, keep reinforcing and you can't always be, I had a kid once, his name was Tyler. Um, and he, uh, man, he was always in trouble, always in trouble. And I remember uh, one day, man, it was just like, I don't know, it, it, it had just been a rough day for Tyler. And so his mom comes to pick him up, you know, and um, I'd had a, I had a conversation with him that day and I said, Tyler, what in the world is it going to take, man, for you to like stop cutting up all the time and like use your powers for good kind of thing? And uh, he said, I just want you to tell my mom when I do well. Wow. I said, I said, what? That, like, that's it for real? Like, I can do that. And so, um, so, well, let's start over right now. We'll start over and, and we'll make a point to do that. And so his mom comes, we walk out to the car. She rolls down her window of her car and I, and I said, Hey, I need to talk to you about Tyler. And her response was, what did he do this time? what do he do? what do he do? And I said, you know what? Tyler actually had a really good day today. And, uh, man, he was great. And she just starts bawling. And, uh, Tyler comes to the car, he sees mom crying and, and he's immediately thinks we've, you know, said that he did a terrible job today. He messed up again. And, uh, you could see it in his body language, man. He just sinks, you know. And I uh, said, Tyler, man, we told your mom what an awesome day you had. And just thanks for thanks for being, you know, helpful today. And that was it for that kid, man. Now, 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 listen, he wasn't perfect. He still had bad days. But for Tyler, that was a huge momentum swing because everything was always negative. We never, no one ever really spoke anything into that situation. It was positive. And it was single mom situation, no dad. She had her hands full. You know, and he went from being like this big problem kid to to one of the best leaders that we had, um, just because we acknowledged you know, what he was doing well. Jody, that, I mean, that's a powerful that word. I, and, and going to the single parent thing, um, you know, a lot of the boys that uh, that I have some of the issues with, um, not all of them, but but there's a there's a good number that have come from a single parent situation. Uh, with her mom and and so um, mom is doing the best that she can and and trying to do all that she can and has the challenge sometimes of of, of trying to be the disciplinarian and which uh, can be be a challenge but I remember one night there was a uh, one of my boys I was um, it was after one of our trips and the kids were calling their parents or whatever to come pick them up and and uh, the this guy, he was uh, he was a junior in high school, and his dad had died probably eight years earlier. Um, and and mom, she was doing all that she could, man. She was she was really just a precious lady. And uh, but Corey just uh, I, I was walking by the phone. He was on the phone with her, and he said, "Yeah." He said, "Yeah," and I just stopped in my tracks, and I said. I said, Corey, who's that on the phone? He says, my mom. And I said, um, I said, 
cover the phone up just for a second. If you can, um, if you can cover it now, let me, let me just preface this by saying this kid loved me and he knew I loved him. Okay. I mean, I would, many times I'd carry him home. I mean, this was, I, I loved this kid. And, um, he covered up the phone and I said, Corey, if I ever hear you say yeah or no to your mom again, it's not going to be good. That is a precious, that is a precious lady. And you better say yes, ma'am, to the day you die to your mama. Do you hear what I'm saying? He said, yes, sir. I said, you show her the respect she deserves because she's doing all that she can. And man, just love on her that way. Can you do that for me? He said, yes, sir. Well, dude, that moment, I just put my arm on him and I just looked at him and smiled. I said, you know, I love you, Corey. He said, yes, sir. So I walked on up the hall and I heard, <laughs> I heard him on the phone and he said, yes, ma'am. And uh, the, the moments with our, the single parent kids um, are, are critical because I think it goes beyond even the youth group. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but the it's not so much discipline as much as it is modeling, you know, respect, which which ties into the discipline, you know, because they may not see it, they may not see it at home, and uh, and it goes back to the relationships though. You got to love these kids. I mean, Jody, the way you approached yeah. that mom, and she saw you, and you said that, but then the way you just said, "Man, Tyler had a good day today." I mean, she knew right then that you loved her son. And, you know, and there's, man, there's no, there's no substitute for that. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, it's good. Yeah. It's good. I think it's important. So I think we have a sp- Well, I was going to say, too, just along the parent thing, real quick, Chris, is when you're talking to a parent about an issue you've had, um, I think it's important to recognize, especially if you're not a parent, because you, you don't, I don't think you realize this. It's really hard as a parent right. when you're being told your kid has done something wrong not to take that really personal. And, and especially, you know, and feel like it's you know, your fault um, or and even though you're not accusing that parent of something, it's just really hard not to feel that. So I think it's really I, I've always tried to be when I'm dealing with a parent in a discipline situation, if I can, mm-hmm. I try to have the, the student tell the parent what happened instead of me. Um, and so instead of me coming out and going, Seth, let me tell you what your boy did today. You know, man, he was cutting up and not listening and then he said that immediately that kind of puts you know even if the parent doesn't get defensive it puts you and the parent against the kid uh or the student and sometimes that's not helpful either so i'll usually you know kind of say hey chris tell your dad tell you dad what happened today um and what that that's does is word. it kind of removes me from the situation i'm not in the middle anymore and it and it helps me kind of frame the conversation in a way that is healthy and helpful for both the student and the parent. Because if you're not careful, you'll come out frustrated and you just kind of unload on a parent of what their kid has done. And, and most of the time, man, those parents look, they're doing their best. They're just, there's some parents that aren't, but most parents are doing everything they can think of to figure out how to raise this kid. Um, and you know, you, you can sometimes, uh, do a lot of damage just in how you approach following up with a parent on a discipline situation. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And outside looking in, let me just say this about what the two of you guys are saying and the stories you're all telling, cause they're amazing. And, and, 
I just want to make sure our younger, and this is not an age discriminatory. I don't mean this is an age joke thing here at all, but I just need, need, I think this is accurate to our younger youth pastor friends that are listening. Um, there is a little bit of wiring potentially uh, for our younger mm-hmm. generation to, to, to think more instantaneous with these type of issues. And this is one of those huge issues that we just have to realize this takes time. There's not a magical fix to discipline issues, but it's ongoing building relationships, follow up. There's not like a one trick that you can do with this one kid and that kid never gives you a problem again. Now, eventually you might get to where the kid is shaped up and learns the, you know, the, the, the rails that you've established for him or whatever, or for her. But typically, you know, this is going to take a little bit of time and, and too often in our instant culture, we think, man, we just want a quick solution for this. We want to be able to throw a rule out there on Wednesday night or on Sunday mornings or on that event that automatically just makes this where I don't have to deal with this or I don't have to get in the mud with this thing, you know, but it takes time. So yeah. I think it would be helpful um, just for us to, to maybe highlight some of the areas that most youth pastors live in and just give any just basic tips, those uh, though that we've learned little things to help out um, along the way. So I'll throw out some topics here and you guys jump in. I'll start and I'll give an example of what I mean just to kind of set the tone. Um, so while speaking, for instance, how do we deal with how do you discipline while speaking? So for me, little trick I've learned is, you know, I use yeah. the uh, yeah. I give them the, the walkover teach to them. That's one. That's where I start. Typically, you know, I'm standing on stage and and I pick up that in that back left corner. I've got a couple knuckleheads being knuckleheads. And so typically what I'll do is I'll not literally walk right up to them, but I'll walk towards that side of the, if I'm on stage or walk towards that side of the room and I'll just sort of teach in their direction. Now, to be fair, that that's after 20 something years of reps, you know, on stage when you're just getting started, maybe that's a little bit harder to stay focused and not lose and all of that. But, um, I do the walkover, I give them the walkover and I give them the nod and I may even give them a second walkover if it's not getting any better. But I would also say this when you're speaking, um, and this is really hard, but don't be afraid of silence. Um, when you've got a room that you've got a couple kids talking, um, that depends on, man, if you've got 10 kids in the room versus 30 kids versus 200 kids, you know, it depends on the room, right? But don't be afraid of silence. It's okay every once in a while to stop talking and people awkwardly, and people will realize that they're waiting and don't do it smugly. Don't be all smug about it. (laughs) Um, but but people will realize that you're you're waiting until everybody and typically, not all the time, but typically they'll police themselves in that moment, or if there's some kid being a knucklehead or whatever, um, they'll police themselves. Um, but then I will say, you know, as far as when I'm speaking, I will get to the point if I've given them the courtesy walkover a couple times and a stare and a look. Um, dad stare and, and I've given them the silence, you know, kind of led, and they just still insist on they've decided they're going to draw the line in the sand with me. I'll call them out. Yep. You know, I'll say, yep. and typically it's never just one kid. So you're able to call out a section. Hey, there's a couple folks back here. Listen, guys, I just need you guys to reel it in. 
you know, I've, I've, and I'll even, I've even gone as far as to say, Hey, look, I've kind of walked over a couple times, but you guys are still, can y'all help me out and just really reel this thing in. And so as far as like when speaking, that's one thing I've learned. You guys any learned any tricks while you're speaking, uh, besides kicking them out of the room, Seth, <laughs> I typically don't do that. Anyway. I have, I have kicked kids out of the room before to be fair. Um, I really have, but it, it, it that's like a yeah. last and I'm very that's rare. Like a last chance. Well, we yeah. just we just passed our new budget here, and we've we've uh, just instituted. We got a hundred thousand dollar disciplinary budget, which is uh, we're using to pay kids, <laughs> paying kids to be good. So we're really excited. Blah blah blah. <laughs> so you got like a com- a comedic side there, man. Like we should bring you on just for comedy there. So. Oh man. Um, no, does the guy Seth does have? I went and did a thing at Seth's church recently. <laughs> And Seth, you you would be honest to say that you are blessed with an amazing youth building, and you know you're blessed with an amazing youth building. But dude's got an airplane in his building, <laughs> like a literal airplane in his building. Dude, and you said that ever. like 137 times that day. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> well, you know, when you were when you listen, man, when you were describing yourself talking, I was like, wait, is is he like is he like on the stage with me or something? Because that's is that your stop? Yeah, you right, absolutely, kind of dude. I mean, absolutely. I'll come off the stage and kind of walk around, but I kind of head over to that side, and and you know, like you said, once or twice, and and the look, <laughs> the whole deal. Um, and from and, and honestly, normally ninety percent of the times it's it's guys. Um, not you know, there's there's still girls that that do that, but ninety percent of the times guys. And I and so I just say, hey, fellas, uh, you know. I need y'all to dial it in, and and you know you and usually that's the case. But then what you know we and we have several adults in the room, and uh, the way it's kind of set up, they can kind of easily just move in. Uh, you know, one of them may come down just to sit down near them and kind of have a presence. Um, but yeah, I, I, then I think what you do there is, and, and once you've done that a couple times, and you still have that one guy or that one girl or one group of friends that yeah. are habitual. That's when you talk to them afterwards. That's right. That's but right. this goes back to, there's not a quick fix on this type of stuff. Yeah. You have to deal with it over time. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jody, any, any, before I move to the next one, anything speaking that you've learned that would be worth. No, I think it's, I mean, I think that's, that's pretty similar. I, I we try to encourage if we have, you know, leaders in the room to spread out in general and you kind of know who those kids generally are going to be anyway. And so sure. we have them kind of strategically sit near them, but I, yeah. Okay. So good. That's great. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. You, my bad. Okay. Uh, how about this then? Small group setting. Think like we would call that like in Baptist world Sunday school. I know it's not just a Baptist thing, but like a Sunday school setting, uh, anything we've learned in that setting. Um, and how do we equip our volunteers also with this issue? Yeah, so I have a process that we talk through with our leaders generally, just so that we're disciplining consistently uh, across the board. And so it's and it. Okay, friends, don't miss this right here. This is going to be big right here. What Jody's about to say. Wow, like, man, I the process like, and training. Now the pressure's on Jody, but I think I know what you're going to say. It's actually not that. Just key into this because it's that moment where you're training your people and you're getting on the same page. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so you know, the first time it's a, you know, hey guys, can you please not do that? You know, so please don't is how we would say that. Then the second time is, you know, hey, I've asked you not to do that. If you do it, then this is going to happen. And then the next time is, since you've done this, 
now this is going to be. And so the, the reason we follow that is, you know, the first is kind of that warning or just, hey, please stop. The next one explains the consequence that's going to follow. So it helps them process through the action to the consequence, especially for our junior high kids. That's that's difficult for them. And then the third that is really important, I think, for me is like, since you've done this now, whatever. And what that does is it puts the responsibility on the student for their actions and not the leader. Um, and we find if if all of our volunteers are generally following the same process, using pattern. the same pattern, yeah, same, same process, then yeah, that good. that helps a ton versus and it helps them be consistent, know where the boundaries are, helps the student be consistent, know where the boundaries are. Uh, and it, it, you know, I just want to I don't ever want to put our leaders or myself, for that matter, in a place to be the bad guy. Right. And I want our students to be able to own and take responsibility. So that's kind of the process that we would generally walk through on that. And what's huge here as a, as a youth pastor, here's what, here's what I'd like for folks to hear. So then your job is to bring people to the center of that because you're going to have some leaders that are too loosey-goosey, want to be a friend to the kids and never discipline at all yeah, unless the kids get away with anything. And then you're going to have yep. some that are ready to ship them off to another country, you know, into child labor or something crazy, you know, <laughs> like they're just ready to be done with them completely. Yeah. You know, it's like, they're ready to just like, you know, kill them. And so trying to bring them to center, but if you've established that and all agreed on that, that's huge. That's good. Yeah. Um, Seth, anything to add to that kind of setting or is that kind of, you kind of line up with that? Cause I'm going to the next one here, unless you've got some. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I would say very similar you know, that, that it's, uh, to not, my biggest thing that I tell leaders is to just to not knee jerk and to let emotion dictate their response. I mean, that's just, you've got to, you've got to do. Yeah. Yep. Um, how about, how about this setting then? Um, any tips that we could share with our folks, um, like a bunk bed type setting, like a cabin and at camp, you know, so you're off at camp and you're trying to get all the guys or the girls to go to sleep at night and nobody wants to go to sleep and it's just chaotic and, you know you need sleep, but yet everybody's going nuts. Or maybe you are at a conference and you've got a bunch of hotel rooms and kids won't stay in the rooms and all that type of stuff. Um, I've got something there, but you guys have anything? I wake him up really early the next morning. Ah, so yeah, you know, so our former, uh, our student pastor, that's what he did. He was like, I can stay up later than you and I can wake up earlier than you. Yeah. And I will, you will be getting up early and you will pay the price. Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> um, I said, I'd go back, you know, when you talked earlier about when you sent the kid home, I wouldn't say I'm going to send a kid home in this, but I established early on um, a fair policy, what I consider fair, where I just kind of use this because I used to be the yelling youth pastor. Yeah. I mean, go to sleep. I mean, it's right you know, and I, that used to be me. I'll fully, fully admit that. Somewhere along the lines, so I learned the power of free time, and and I didn't overreact. Um, I just took a couple guys that were being knuckleheads and would not be quiet, and I said, "Hey, listen, I've told y'all. I've gave you a couple warnings. Listen, if you say one more word, I'm going to take away some of your free time tomorrow." And they said something, and I took away some of their free time. Like, and I didn't take the whole day. I didn't overreact because listen, if they've only got three hours of free time, and you take away thirty minutes of free time. And they're sitting there watching everybody else play. It's like and you don't have to literally set them in a chair and make them watch everybody. But you know what like I mean? Like they know they're kids. missing out. You um, put the you like, put the dunce hat on them while they're while they're watching. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that Wall far. Squats. That might not fly in this, society, in this world. <laughs> but all I'm saying is this: once you've established that, yeah, you really will take away yep. that. Yeah, I think it's about follow through, uh, right? And that's the that's the thing. And yeah, it's all about follow through. Because I don't, I yeah. want to be clear. Like, I don't send kids home for everything, right? <laughs> like, but there are some things that just bringing just bringing technology just that everybody things. in the green yeah. green world has. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Some things, some things we have. You know, we, I think that's being clear off the front, and regardless of what it is, I don't think you. Yeah, I think that's important not to knee jerk like Seth said, and and recognizing every kid is different, like. And as a parent, that if you you know those who are listening are parents, you'll know this. Like, I cannot discipline my oldest the same way I discipline my second, and I can't discipline my third. You know, I've got four kids; they're all so different. So sometimes, and that's what makes discipline tricky, is like some kids, you just have to look at a certain way, and you've crushed their world. Another kid, you know, you could hold him under water till the bubbles stop, and he's still going to get up and you know smart off. So you just have to like recognize that every student is different and you're going to, you really do have to approach kind of every student differently to a degree, to a degree. And, and be, and some are going to require more patience. And look, the reality is as unfair as it seems, some kids are going to be able to get away with a little bit more than others at times. Right. And it's not that it's unfair or you're moving the needle. It's just Man, what what qualifies as a great day for like, okay, what qualified for a great day for Tyler, for example, I was talking about, would not be a great day for Alice, right? Who never did anything wrong. Um, And and so, but the goal, again, I'll go back to what I said earlier. The goal is I'm working from a place where I desire for every kid to get it and grow. And that means I have to meet them where they are and grow them to where they should be. And, And so because that starting line moves a lot, in general with where they are and what their home situation is like. And that means that my, the discipline line is going to move a little too, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, a couple more here, just jumping into real quick, Ashley Kennedy on our group, uh, brought up PDA and dating. Uh, Seth learned anything when it comes to how are you dealing with that these days? If they're crossing lines, sneaking out, making out, um, yeah, like you know, on our high school mission trip, uh, and this is going to sound crazy, like I'm, I mean, but I'm actually being serious. You know, we, we carry a large group up to uh, Kentucky for our mission trip. And one of the things that we do on that trip is we say, okay, from the moment we set, you know, get in our vehicles to travel up there until we come back to the church parking lot, there are no relationships in existence. You don't, you don't have a boyfriend, you don't have a girlfriend, uh, you're going to, we're, we're serving the Lord. And so for this, for these next seven days, uh, you're not going to worry about, he said, she said, sitting together, we want you engaging with the people we're going to minister to and with your mission team that you're assigned to. And that way you're, you're not concerned about, well, you know, Tommy didn't speak to me this morning or Tommy didn't, uh, you know, give me a kiss after chapel or, you know, is, is he mad at me or vice versa? And, uh, and, and what we've done is we've tried to, you know, obviously I didn't do that my first year. Uh, <laughs> I had to kind of walk into that. But one of the things that happened as a result of that is now our students understand that when we go um, not just on the mission trip, but in our ministry that, Sometimes relationships in middle school and high school can get in the way of our relationship with the Lord because it's, um, 
we're placing too much value on each other. And so our leaders consequently, as a result of that, talk about the importance of, um, you know, how we, how we carry ourselves with the opposite sex. And if you're in a relationship, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And so um, I'll set that tone on the front end of the trip, which to me is the key of of all that. It it is. And, and, you know, I, I mean, I had a, uh, um, you know, uh, two, two of my boys, I have four boys and, and two of my boys had to actually go through that experience on the trip their senior year. Uh, and had, I mean, sweet, you know, sweet girls. I mean, they were precious girls and, but they honored that. And, and it was cool. I watched them, they were engaged with their mission team and they, you know, they were not uh, having to sit together and hold hands because we don't allow the holding hands or any of that kind of stuff. They're not sitting together during the chapel service at night. Um, and, and it allowed them. And I asked them after it was over, I said, what was that like for you guys? And they said, well, it actually made me appreciate my relationship more, you know, with, with their girlfriend. They, they, they learned the treasure that, but also they, they learned how easy it is to miss out on other things if they put too much focus on it. Um, That's good. Yeah, you know, the PDA thing. I mean, uh, you know, the PDA police. I mean, we, you know, we have those. I mean, where you just come up and just lovingly say, "Hey, guys, it's just, you know, little, little, uh, little, little sunlight between the bodies here." You know, little. Don't, we don't make a huge deal out of it, but when they're sitting arm in arm during worship service, you know, I heard one pastor say one of the greatest signs of hypocrisy is a is a boy sitting behind beside a girl with his arm around her singing the song all that thrills my soul is Jesus. Uh, oh wow. And you know uh the Graham crusade? Yeah that was uh, <laughs> it was actually Billy Sunday. Uh, oh, oh okay okay let's go back into the current century. Um oh, but uh <laughs> you know that I just I think that there has to be that consistent reminder to the kids. Hey, listen, there's some things that's just inappropriate. Yeah. Um, I like it. I I have at least we're we're this is a long episode, and I want to I want to make sure. But there are a couple more things I think so I'm going to keep pushing yeah. us through if that's yeah. okay. Um, so Ashley, that was a great question. Thanks for jumping into there. Um, Holly Peck uh, mentioned you know, how to handle disruptive kids so that need Jesus. So you don't push them away. And I feel like we've covered that. We talked about that a lot, but one thing she did bring up was the phone issue. Yeah. Um, and Jody has given us the extreme version of what to do there. Um, <laughs> look, though, for us, it's the same, it's the same thing. I, I'm just, don't explain it again. We totally get you. I'm you just lie. messing with you. I promise. I, yeah, no, I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. I get it. Um, but that's it. That's on a trip. Yeah. But what about just on a Wednesday night? What about on a Sunday? Right. So I think um, I just want to pitch out, pitch one idea here that that I, I have found not to be foolproof, but to be effective. And it's simply this um, Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights. A lot of times when we get ready to dig in to the word or to the moment, one is I think it's important to say out loud, hey, man, we just want to have a great time of worship tonight. So, hey, I'm going to ask you, man, not to distract your friends. And also, look, can we just all for the next 45 minutes, can we just put our phones in our pocket and not? And just keep it out there, right? Not acting like cell phones are the devil, but just simply saying, hey, I'm casting that vision. Does that mean there's not going to be a kid? Of course, there's going to be a kid that just still breaks that rule, right? But I'm casting the vision and setting the tone That's what over we time. 
But here's another part of it that I think is huge is we often, um, before a big Bible study moment, like on a Sunday morning when we're standing in the room and our kids and we're about to dig into the word, instead of me just praying for the group and before we read the word, I ask them to pray. Now, not out loud, but just simply to say, hey, man, in your heart, in your soul, I mean, you pray. And here's, I just want to guide you in a couple things. And I'll actually say to them, and one of those is often, God, help me. I want you to pray. If you're willing, this is a bold prayer. You got to be willing to do your part, but I want you to pray. God, help me to hear what it is you're trying to say to me today. God, help me to not be a distraction to my friends. And then I say to them, and, and I actually ask them, and, say, and then I say, and God, help me to not be distracted by my friends, by my phone, or anything else in the room, right? And so I actually ask them, because I want them to own that, and I want to help them understand, look, I'm not anti-cell phone, Jody. Um, I'm just kidding. Again, I'm just, I am. I am. Sorry, I, am. I couldn't help it. Um, I'm not anti-cell phone. I'm just saying, hey, let's all acknowledge that we could really be distracted. We really want to just give God this time, you know? Again, is it foolproof? No, I'm not proposing that it's foolproof. But here's what I am telling you. Here's what I believe. It's getting at the heart of what we really need to be helping our students with. And is that that is not setting rules for them in that moment with the cell phone, but rather creating moments that they start to wrestle on their own on what's uh-huh. appropriate when it comes to using them and, and finding those moments. And I'm telling you, man, it, it seems like a lot of times God honors that, yeah. you know? And so, um, just casting that vision there. So, yeah, yeah. I think there's two things I would say. One is, um, send them home, <laughs> send them, send them kick home. them out of the room. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> call the parents. No, one is to, to a large extent, I think the cell phone technology thing is something that we're seeking to redeem in kids life, not necessarily reject because they can't reject it. And so giving them maybe some healthy ways to utilize the phone. Um, and I know that's not necessarily in the room in the teaching scenario, but just in general, um, you know, are there helpful apps like the U version thing or the read scripture app or the, that maybe, you know, can help them when they're beyond the room, kind of learn how to redeem that. Um, the other thing is, and I see this a lot, you cannot pull out your phone and read scripture from your phone on stage and then get mad that kids are on their phone uh, in the room. And Preach. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that in, in theory of like reading scripture from your phone or anything like that. I am, I will readily admit, I think there's something different uh, about reading scripture from a Bible on stage. I don't think it's sinful to do anything otherwise. I don't, I just think as a, as a good practice, it's, it makes it clear where, where that's coming from. The authority feels like it's coming from something yeah. other than, than a phone, but you, you can't get up, use your phone from the front of the room or the stage the whole time and then get mad that they're on their phone when, when you're teaching. So I, I think you just have to be mindful. I think that's a clarity thing. If you're setting those boundaries and expectations and you're wanting to encourage them to do that, you're explaining the why, but then they see you turn around and pull out your phone. Um, yeah, I, they're not, I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of undercutting everything you're doing. So I would just, that, that's just something I usually just try to be mindful of. Agreed. Agreed. Um, wrap up with this, Seth, how do you deal with the biggies? Drugs, those type of things, the big things that we do, you know, like what if it's a big major line cross moment? Um, well, yeah, I mean, 
I think some of the things that, that I've had to deal with that where I've actually had to engage law enforcement, um, I think going back to words we said earlier, the follow through, because there's some there's some issues that are beyond your you know, ability to discern and decide what you want to do. You're kind of forced. Or to show grace in. What's that? Or to show grace in because it's a violation of the law. And That's it's right. Not it's not up to you to show grace. Well, I had a you know I had a parent uh, one time. You know we we had uh, removed a student from a leadership role um, because of their um, just. There was engaged in alcohol. They acknowledged it. It was a huge party. I mean, it was, a, it was just a really difficult situation. And uh, and so we removed them from a, a leadership role on our on one of our mission teams because we, we break our students up into mission teams. And we um, and so the parent came and, and uh, you know, they, they couldn't understand why we did that. And uh, you know, they, they wanted to, they, they began to engage in the conversation of, is it wrong for, you know, if the parent, if it's in a parent's house, why, you know, the, the whole alcohol issue. And I just, that's when I steered with them. I said, I need to, I need to make sure you understand that, that actually this is a violation of the law. It's illegal for anybody under the age of 21 to drink. And so that's illegal. And, uh, you know, so I really, it's an illegal activity that I can't, I can't show grace in that respond of leadership because we made that as part of the leadership pact. I mean, they, they signed the covenant going in knowing that if they engaged in any of these things, they couldn't be a leader. Um, they're, they're forfeiting that right. But I think, I think having clear expectations, uh, even though they're obvious, you know, drugs, alcohol, whatever, that you follow through with doing what you said you're going to do, but also it's the ministry that takes place after the decision that you've got to still reach those kids uh, and and minister to them. And, and one of which, you know, having to go and, and, and sit, you know, in, a, in, in prison with, with one young man that, that made a decision that was, I mean, I, I hated it. I mean, it was horrible, but uh, our relationship even to this day is still a sweet relationship. Um, because he had, he had made a poor choice and I had to follow through with that, but, but it's the file, you know, it's the relationship afterwards, um, follow through that you got to do. So what you got to do? Well, I think this has been good. Hopefully it's been helpful to folks. Yeah. Anything else that we didn't cover that you guys, let me, let me say one thing, Chris, you know, you're going to mess up in a disciplinary situation, you're going to make the wrong decision. That's going to happen. Yeah. And you're going to handle something wrong. And, and the thing that, that we have to pray for is that God directs our emotions and our motives and that our motives are pure and to honor him. And to our goal is to point them to Christ. And there, sometimes we, we may overreact. We handle something poorly and it can cause and send mixed messages and, and if you do handle something wrong and you know that, then I would also say you need to own that and you need to uh, address that, that if you did overreact, but then in the overreaction that you share your heart as to why. I don't know if that makes sense, but if, if you handle something and you feel like you went way overboard, um, you know, the, it's the same thing as a parent. 
you know, if a parent disciplines and they maybe overreacted, I think it's always important for a parent to come to their child in that situation and say, you know what, I, I, I think I overreacted. I mean, yeah, I, right. I let the emotions get the best of me, and I, I still did not want you to do what you did, but my discipline didn't fit the, the situation, and I was wrong. And so um, I, I just want to throw that out there, and that being authentic and genuine and, and, and transparent is a good thing all the way around. Yep. I like it. Well, this has been good, Seth. Thanks for joining up. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening today. Uh, Don't forget our sponsors. Uh, Hey, check this out, Seth. We have awesome sponsors, man. Come on, man. First of all, YM360. They sponsor us. They help us out. Uh, Youth Ministry 360. Uh, If you're looking for grad gifts here in this final days, those are the guys to talk to about that. They've got some amazing things that could help with that. So YM360. And also thanks to the... uh, Georgia Baptist Mission Board for Ricky and his team supporting us as well because they love youth pastors. So sounds good. Yeah, man. I think that's it, right? I think that's it. Cool. Yeah, let's wrap this thing up. Seth, thanks for hanging out with us, man. We appreciate right. it. It's, it's been great time. being with you guys, man. Awesome. Good times. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com. 